Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. This podcast is supported by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. We've been using Active Skin Repair for a few months now, and I am seriously impressed. They use a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which is pretty much a superhero in skincare. It mimics your body's own immune response, helping to cleanse, soothe, and reduce inflammation to support the natural healing process. And let me tell you, it works for more than just scraped knees. Whether it's sunburns, rashes, or even more persistent issues like eczema or acne, Active Skin Repair has got you covered. The best part? It's totally safe and non-toxic. That means it's gentle enough for every skin type, from the little ones to grandma and everyone in between, making it the go-to for everyone in the family. I scraped my knuckle the other day while doing laundry, and my first thought was to grab the Active Skin Repair because one, it doesn't sting like other products, and two, I knew it would help me heal faster. So if you're looking for a natural, effective way to handle boo-boos, check out Active Skin Repair. And because you're a listener, you can get 20% off your order. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show, episode number three. Today, I'm diving into five quick methods for decluttering when you are feeling stuck. Well, hello there. Welcome back to another episode of the Wannabe Minimalist Show. I'm your host, Deanna Yates. Today, I'm diving into five quick methods for decluttering when you are feeling stuck. So if you're anything like me, you've looked around your home on more than one occasion and thought, huh, this doesn't feel like the relaxing retreat from the outside world that I wanted to be living in in my adult life. And you know what? All of this stuff around my house, well, it kind of makes it hard to find the things I need when I need them, and it's really just making my life chaotic. Well, that's where I found myself multiple times in my life, and it's one of the experiences that led me on this journey toward minimalism. So no judgments here. I hear you. Let's figure out how to fix it. The problem was that I had too much stuff, and I'm guessing that's the problem for you too. Too much stuff. And so what I really want to help you do is tackle this issue. When we have too much stuff in our homes, but not enough time to do a full KonMari or a packing party. You already know you're drowning in stuff, but you don't know where to start. It just feels overwhelming. If that sounds familiar, today is the show for you. We're going to talk about five simple decluttering methods that will help you and your family get moving when you feel stuck. And if you want a quick cheat sheet for these decluttering methods, I have a free download for you. You can get it by joining the Little Green Bow community at littlegreenbow.com forward slash subscribe. This will get you my free 30-day simplicity calendar and access to my freebies library. And if you're already a subscriber, you will find this cheat sheet listed under episode three of the podcast in the freebies library, along with lots of other helpful printables and worksheets. I think you'll really like what you find. 
Okay, but the better news is that you can start right away. So there's no need to buy fancy gadgets or read long books on this subject. In as little as five minutes, you can start to see progress, which will motivate you to keep going and move on to the next room. Before you know it, your whole house will be feeling a whole lot lighter. All right, so let's look at decluttering method number one, the five box method. I love this super simple but powerful decluttering method, and in fact, it's one of our family's favorite ways to quickly declutter an entire space. With this method, you use five boxes, and if you don't have boxes, honestly, you can just use piles or bags. It really is just five separate areas to separate everything you have into these five categories. They are one, love, two, maybe, three, toss, four, donate, and five, sell. Now the genius about this method is that you touch every item in a room and you quickly make a decision as to where it goes. It sounds a bit like KonMari, but I think it's a little more forgiving and you'll see why in just a moment. So start in one corner of a room and pick up every item and sort it. That's it. <laughs> now obviously, if you pick something up and you love it, it goes in your love pile. If you pick something up and it's broken, you'll toss it. Maybe you have something you no longer need and you can donate it. Or if you have something that's above a certain dollar amount, I usually like to set mine at either $25 or higher because that makes it worth my time to sell something. Then I might put it in a sell pile. But now you also need to make sure that you have an expiration date on that sell pile because otherwise it could turn into a never ending project that you actually never get around to dealing with. And that's kind of got us into the problem we are in now. So don't let that become a recurring theme. Now, where we really start to differ from the KonMari method is with the maybe box. And this is one of the reasons I love this five box method so much. A lot of people when they're decluttering get hung up on sentimental items or something they think might be useful someday. They find an object and they might need it, but they're not quite sure. They're not quite ready to get rid of it, but it doesn't fit in the other categories. And that is exactly what the maybe box is for. It's for those items that you are unsure about. In the long run, this maybe box is going to save you time and help you process through your emotions as you're decluttering. It keeps you on task for the bigger picture and it allows you to come back to this box at a later date. So speaking of later dates, what I love to do is write an expiration date on the maybe box. Perhaps it's three months from now, six months from now, or a year from now. It really will depend on where you are on your minimalism journey. But when you're looking for something, maybe let's say it's a week, you think, oh gosh, I just really need this thing that I put in my maybe box. Well, now you know it's something that performs a function in your life or something you missed. And with the maybe box, it's super easy to go get it. However, if in three months, six months, a year from now, or whatever expiration date you put on that box, you haven't looked for anything in that box, you haven't missed it, you haven't thought about it, you can't even remember what's in there. Well, it's so much easier for you to let go of those items on your next pass. Now, some people will recommend just tossing the box without even looking in it, but I'm definitely not one of those people. I would always wonder what I had put in there. But it does make it easier to say goodbye to those items when I do actually go look through that box again on the expiration date. And so that's what the five box method is and how to implement it. As you can see, it's quick and easy way for you to be able to move through everything in your house without feeling the guilt or the overwhelming emotion that can come with just throwing everything away. 
All right, so hopefully you like that first one as much as I do. Let's look at decluttering method number two. This is what I call the 10 item pickup method. And we've had a lot of fun with this one as a family. It's a great way to turn decluttering into a game for everyone. My daughter really liked this one when we tried it for the first time, so I recommend giving it a go. Starting in one room of your house, you grab a box or a laundry basket. I really like those plastic ones with the handles. Um, it just makes it really easy. And you take that with you from room to room as you make your way around your home. The idea is to make two full trips around your house. So the first time around, you'll pick up 10 items from each room that don't belong there and put them away as you go. The second time around, you will find 10 items in each room to either toss, donate, or sell. So let's say you start in the living room and you pick up 10 things that don't belong there. For example, an empty water glass, a dish from breakfast, a toy from your child's room, things like that. And after you've gathered your 10 items in your basket, you go on to the next room. Let's say room number two is the kitchen. Well, you'll put the glass and the dish away from our example, and you'll pick up 10 more items from the kitchen that don't belong there. So now you're up to 18 items to put away, eight from the living room, and then 10 from the kitchen. And it continues this way from room to room until you've made it all the way around your house and come full circle. And then it's time to start on the second pass. You'll still have a few items left to put away because you haven't made it to every room for a second time, but you'll have picked up and tidied every room so far. The second pass is not only easier, but where it really gets fun. As you continue to put away the items from your first pass through, you also look for 10 things to get rid of. If you no longer need something, you can donate it. Or if something is broken, you can throw it away. The goal really is just to get these items out of your house. So think about it. You have five rooms. That's going to be 50 things that you get rid of, throw away, donate, um, or get ready to sell. It can go really fast. Our daughter loved finding items that were out of place and looking for things to get rid of. It was almost like a treasure hunt. So younger kids will have fun counting up to 10, so I strongly recommend getting your family on board with the 10 item pickup method. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. Mm. 
So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. Okay, so let's look at decluttering method number three. It's a spending freeze. Now, this is not so much about getting the stuff out of your house, but it's more about using up what you already have. So the first time we did an intentional spending freeze, I was really surprised at how creative we were able to be with what we already had on hand. And even if this sounds scary at first, I think you will be pleasantly surprised by the end result. So how do you implement a shopping freeze? The first thing you have to do is decide on how long you're going to put this freeze on your spending. If this is your first time, I recommend starting with a shorter amount of time, even just a weekend or a week, and then increasing it as you get more comfortable and probably work your way up to about a month at a time. The second step for a spending freeze is to cut out all non-essential spending. That's it. (laughs) That means things like clothes, shoes, home decor, books, apps, gadgets, and anything else that is not necessary to survive. Obviously, you're still going to have to go to the grocery store to purchase food to eat, and you might have to purchase things like gas to put in your car, but in addition to cutting back on those non-essential spendings, you can also cut back on your grocery budget while you're doing these spending weeks. So one of the ways we love to cut our food budget is to shop in our own kitchen. So this is where we try to make meals out of only the things that we find in our pantry, refrigerator, or freezer. It's a fun and easy way to get creative in order to use up food before it goes bad. It's not only great for your wallet, but it also cuts down on food waste. So even when you're having a no-purchase week for those non-essential things, you can still go this extra step and use up food you already have on hand. One tool I use to make shopping our kitchen successful is to use a website called supercook.com to see what I can make with groceries I already have on hand. So here's how it works. Go through your pantry, refrigerator, and freezer to make a list of all the ingredients you already have. Then head online to supercook.com and type in those ingredients. The website will come up with the recipes based on your ingredients. It's that simple. From there, you can narrow down based on meal type and cuisine, but it's great to get ideas for how to use up the food you already have before you go to the grocery store. And a bonus tip, when items are getting low in my fridge or pantry, I love to use that time to wipe down the shelves and toss anything that's gone bad. It's a win-win. And since you're not allowed to buy anything new during a shopping freeze, I like to use this time and these new sparks of creativity that we seem to be finding with my wardrobe. And you can do this by going into your closet and just shopping for a new outfit. Actually have fun with this and get your kids in on the action. Have your kids put together an outfit for you just to see how they would put it together. Have a fashion show for your family and see if you like any of the new ways you're wearing your clothes. It may not end up being something that you wear out of the house, but you just might be surprised. Either way, it's fun to see things in a new light, and this is one of those really simple, easy, and great ways to do it. These weeks of buying less and looking at what we already own in a new light have been a lot of fun for us. That's why one of the things we love to do every once in a while, even if it's difficult, is a shopping freeze. All right, that moves us on to decluttering method number four. 
This one is really more of a gradual method, but you can start working on it immediately. It's called the one in, two out method, and it's just like it sounds. So this decluttering method helps you with the slow declutter, and it really works on creating a mindset shift. It's one of the reasons I love it so much. So if you feel like you've actually gone through the decluttering process and you're still unsatisfied, but you're not sure what else you can do to you know, get rid of more stuff or you don't really see anything else you feel like you can live without, then this is the perfect method for you. Every time you bring something new or just new to you into your home, you replace two items and donate them. This works really well for almost anything in your home, but for women, I've seen it work best in our closets. You probably have a lot of different clothes that perform more or less the same function, like coats and outerwear. Or maybe you have different tops that are similar in color and silhouette. If this is the case, could you replace two items with just one that you really love? You can do this just by looking in your closet and tossing similar items, but the mind shift starts to change when you're out shopping for something new. As you are looking at and making a purchase, try to think of two things in your house that this one new thing could replace. Then you get to donate those two old things, and so you're 50% lighter when you bring the new thing home. This method helps you be more aware of how we use our things and makes you think about what you're bringing in. It really does keep me more aware when I'm out shopping and I automatically start to think if a new item can perform double duty before completing my purchase. So next time you're out shopping, try to remember the one in, two out method and see if you can find something that will perform double duty for something you already have at home. And that brings us to our last of our five decluttering methods. Number five of our quick decluttering methods is one you probably haven't actually heard of before. I call it the jailbox method. This one can be a little tongue in cheek and you really need to make sure that your family is on board. But again, it's another fun way to incorporate decluttering. And if you can keep things fun, it's gonna be much easier to get your family on board. All right, so another tip, if your spouse or significant other is not on board, I would do this just with yourself and your children before you try to coerce your spouse into it. All right, all right, so what is step number five and what is this jailbox method anyway? Well, basically you set up a special box that is off limits that you call the jail. Anytime something is out of place at the end of the day and you are the one that had to pick it up, it goes to jail. Let's look at an example. If you've gone through a decluttering process or you've tidied up a space, I mean, let's say you had friends come over and you did a huge clean for your house. Of course, we've all done that. Guilty here too. Your house looks amazing now, right? But how long does it take before your house looks like a mess again? Well, the jailbox method is perfect for this because it's way easier to spot when something's out of place in a clean house. So side note, at the end of the day, I highly recommend doing a quick 15-minute cleanup with everybody in your house. I'll discuss this in next week's podcast, but it's an easy way to tidy up every night so that the house doesn't get super messy again. But if you're doing a final sweep at the end of the night and find a toy that didn't get put away, you can put it in jail. In order for your child to get it back and out of jail, they have to do a chore or a decluttering task. I recommend not only doing this for your children, but for you and your spouse as well. Again, as long as they're on board. But this way you can lead by example here with the jailbox. Now you see why the jailbox method works so well. 
it's really a two for one when you tidy up and you get an extra little chore on top in order to get your stuff back. So the real trick here is to keep the tasks age appropriate. For instance, fluffing the pillows, gathering up laundry, or sorting socks for little kids, and things like taking out the garbage, emptying the dishwasher, vacuuming, mopping, sweeping, or cleaning the bathroom for older kids. Also, think of tasks that wouldn't happen as often, like cleaning the blinds, in order to take the jailbox idea to the next level. So, there you have it. Five simple decluttering methods to help you get started. To recap, they are one, the five box method, two, the 10 item pickup game, three, a shopping freeze, four, the one in, two out method, and five, the jailbox method. Don't forget, I also created a cheat sheet to recap these methods so you can refer back to them whenever you are feeling stuck. You can download a free copy by joining me and the Little Greenbow community at littlegreenbow.com forward slash subscribe. This will get you my free 30-day simplicity calendar and access to my freebies library. You'll find this cheat sheet listed under episode three of the podcast, along with lots of other helpful printables and worksheets. I think you'll really like what you find. Decluttering is not something that happens overnight, but it does not have to be overwhelming either. Start with one of these tasks and add in others as they feel right. I can't wait to hear which method you like best. If you have another decluttering method you like, please let me know in the comments below. We love hearing new tips and tricks to share with our community. Next week on the podcast, we'll be talking about how to get your kids to declutter their stuff. You won't want to miss it. See you then. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.